0: When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.
1: Welcome into to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now.
2: Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi joined by the chokehold wielding Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, I'm excited today, especially now I walked in. Uh, I was met with a vice grip chokehold uh, right when I walked in, and I was like, Jim,
3: Jim, I got to a podcast. And he, uh,
2: he very uh, subtly told me, shh, go sleep. Go sleep. <laughs> and indeed I did. Uh, but when I woke up, Jim had so much research done. Uh, he had a great guest lined up,
3: David Wesley, who we we're going to talk to. And in the end, I, I think we all learned something and laughed a little. <laughs> No doubt, Joe. You know, I just needed some time to, you know, concentrate. Like you said, I was doing research. I just figured it would be good to kind of take you out of the equation for a little while. I didn't want you to be distracting me right. from all the numbers I was crunching. Yeah, I, and I understand. All of the, detail, the film I was breaking There's down. There's math to so, do. There's many devices so the, in here. So the fact that you were out cold for a solid, I don't know, half hour or so. Yeah, that sorry made it, for snoring. That made it a way. lot easier for me to, to get to where we needed to be on the podcast yeah, And today. you
2: know what? We're, we're, we're just tinkering with the podcast. That might be how we start off every uh, Wednesday. Why not? Who knows? It was it fun is. for me. Western Conference Wednesday. And, and again, Jim had a lot of fun. A lot of people laughed. Uh, the people in the office were just pointing. Lay <laughs> like, down, he goes. Down, he goes. <laughs> it's about time I shut up for a little while, uh, because man, we've got so much gym formation to get to. Uh, I am so excited that we're able to walk in here talking about a win. When I got to be honest, uh, a lot of people may have chalked up uh, last night's game as a loss ahead of time. You're facing the Mavs. You're facing uh, the dreaded Luka Doncic, and uh, boy. Uh, different story coming into this one. It seemed like there, there were times it got a little close, but the Pelicans were always able to keep keep a good pad and uh, pull away at the end.
3: Yeah, I mean, Sunday was discouraging, no doubt. Yeah. And you're playing the same team again. It seemed like Luka and Kyrie got whatever they wanted in Sunday's game offensively. They were getting tons of open shots. They were setting other people up for easy baskets all over the place. So um I could see how people were like, oh boy, here comes another game against this Mavericks team. Yes. But I did think that the Pelicans were going to respond in some way. And I mean, they more than met those expectations and exceeded them. Took a 33 point lead at one point in the, I think it was the third, late third quarter. The final score was actually almost misleading that it was 131 to 110, that the Pelicans won by 21 because they were up 29 at the end of the third quarter. Um, Pelicans cooled off a little bit with you know some of the second third string at, in the game at the end. Hey, guess if Graf got nervous during that stretch? Just guess. Oh, he
2: was nervous. Are you? Oh, he was oh, very. My. People were like, there's no way he got nervous during that game. We were chuckling in the studio because Graf kept going, there it is. You know, later we're going to talk
3: about Jordan Hawkins' NBA record. That might be a radio record that you're up by 30 <laughs> points and you still get a never
2: little enough. jumpy and
3: jittery. It's so. never enough for Graf.
2: Oh, uh, boy. He'll always find a way to get nervous. That's mm. why he is a – look, Graf is super entertaining on the radio broadcast. We encourage you to listen to all of them. But we were able to, to pull that one away – and, uh, you know, another good uh, good part of that game, uh, Najee Marshall, such a good identity guy. We've talked about it before, but, you know, Najee may not be a highly touted, maybe just a casual NBA fan name to know, but to this Pelican squad, he's so important.
3: Yeah. And I think when people look through stats, especially if you're a person who doesn't follow the Pelicans closely, it's easy Shame on to you. look at the injury list and be like, well, you know, CJ McCollum's out. That's huge. Oh, Herb's out, you know. Yeah, that's that's important. But you know, mm-hmm. he he only averages, you know, eight points a game or whatever it is. Oh, Najee, he's a bench guy that averages a few points a game. Yeah. Like that's not that big of a deal. But then when you see Herb make his return to the lineup and you see Najee, this was his second game that he's played after he had missed the entire season prior to this series against Dallas. Yeah, you see these two guys against the Mavericks and what they did defensively, the Mavericks shot 42% from the field. They turned the ball over 20 times. I'm sure to them it felt like about 50 times. Yes. Um, but you see the impact that Herb and Najee make and in that game, and you realize like how much more there is to basketball than just the scoring part of it. Yeah. Now, Herb had 19 points, and Najee had 16 points, so they actually did that too in the game against yeah. Dallas. But I think more to the point as far as how and why the Pelicans were able to win this game and win it by a convincing margin was – just defensively was so much better than the game on Sunday. And I think Herb in the lineup Tuesday, not in the lineup Sunday, obviously that's a huge factor. Yeah. And then Najee getting his second game, just getting into more of a rhythm and and more uh, just getting used to being back on the court.
2: Yeah. It, it just, it, it seems like it just changes the entire identity of this team in, in these little wrinkles and little ways. You just cannot push the Pelicans around uh, when those two guys are on the floor. Uh, it's great to see uh, Herb's offensive game developing in front of our eyes. I mean, we've long known Herb to be a a defensive stalwart, uh, somebody that you know is going to produce on that end of the floor. Mm-hmm. But but it seems like his entire game is blossoming in front of our eyes. What seems like quickly, I know he's been here for a while, but it just seems like it came out of nowhere. Uh obviously he's been putting in a lot of work, but mm-hmm. but man, what a what an added bonus having Herb on the floor and, and able to score.
3: Yeah, how about nineteen points that I mentioned on only six for eight from the field? So he only took eight shots but scored nineteen points. Yeah. Um he, he had a couple I've been noticing this since really training camp in the summer that his finishing skills around the basket are getting better and better. He had a couple, I think, reverse layups or just crafty stuff where he did an up-and-under move and got right to the rim and banked it in the at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And of his – he was two for four on threes last night, and one of his three-pointers, the Mavericks were kind of playing under the screen a little bit. They were giving him a little bit of room to operate. So he just takes a couple dribbles and shoots a three. And I think what was significant about that to me is that – I don't have the the exact data, but the, by far the vast majority of the threes that he's taken over his three seasons, he's spotted up, in, in, you know, in the corner or somewhere along the three point line. Yeah, he's left open, ball swung to him. All he has to do is just catch and shoot it. Right. But in this case that I referenced from last night, he actually shot a pull up three, which to me is is. Um, evidence of just the confidence that he's gaining. Right. I feel like it's something that he wouldn't have even tried to do before, Yeah, but now he's at the point where he's like, if you're going to just leave me open, I'll just take a couple dribbles and launch this three and swish it from the top of the arc. So just a lot of good signs, like you said. I mean, he's, he's getting better and better all the time. And yeah. as Zion mentioned after the game too, defensively he's improving, which is crazy Yeah, it's insane. based on how he's done so far.
2: Well, like you said, Herb stays within his game. He's never been one to to get outside of his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And for him to be taking those shots consistently sort of shows you that is in his wheelhouse. Now, I don't think he would yeah. be just jacking up shots. He's not Jordan Hawkins. He's not getting, yeah, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. Right. I, if he is taking those shots, he's confident in them. And for that to be added to his game, uh, I mean, he 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 just seems like a perennial all-star in my eyes. Uh, speaking of perennial all-stars in my eyes, our guest today is David Wesley of Valley Sports. We are so excited to have him on board because uh, he is a man who played the guard position. We've got a lot of guard questions for him. And, uh, Jim, I, I, I don't want to say you grilled him, but, man, you got some great info out of David Wesley and uh, great guest today.
3: Yeah, it's funny. When I was traveling with the Pelicans, I always used to grill him... <laughs> on the bus between when we would land in some city, we'd always have, you know, 20, 30 minute bus ride to the hotel. Right. And so at one or 2 a.m., I would be like, all right, tell me about this and tell me about that. And he's t- got this sleep mask on. Trying <laughs> to ignore you, Right. To his credit, he never was like, go away, you <laughs> yes. loser. Yeah. So, no, he was always very accommodating. I had so many great conversations with him at at one and two a.m. in <laughs> Minneapolis and Indianapolis. And yeah, you yeah. name the city. That's the so. dream
2: of a lot of people to be able to. Chat basketball with David Wesley in the wee hours of the morning. Hop in with us, will you? With Mr. David Wesley of
3: Bally Sports. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally.
2: Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, always glad to see his smiling face, especially after a big Pels W that, I gotta say, Jim, filled me up to the brim. Mm-hmm. Mr. David Wesley, you can catch him on every Valley's broadcast. Uh, David, I know you're out and about, you're a busy man. Feels good to be uh, walking on sunshine after a win, huh?
4: It is, and, and what a win it was. And You know, in the you know second game of the in-season tournament for the Pelicans, they go out and after not playing so well a few days ago, decided to come out and play some of their best basketball this season.
3: Yeah, I think you put it very generously when you said not playing so well in Sunday's game. That was kind. That was for sure. (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you kind of right off the bat, David, is, you know, obviously you played a bunch of years in the NBA. Um, You had to go up against some of the, you know, elite scoring shooting guards. And so I wanted to talk about what the Pelicans did defensively against Luka Doncic last night. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he goes 5-for-16 from the field, uh, has eight turnovers. He might have had double-figure turnovers, but he didn't play in the fourth quarter because the game was so out of reach. I mean, how impressive Mm -hmm. was it to see what they were able to do, especially when you contrast it with how easily he was getting everything Sunday night?
4: Well, how easily he gets things in his in his career so far, he mm-hmm. makes it look the simplest out there. Like he's playing with, with, you know, eighth or ninth graders. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible. So mm-hmm. when you're able to, to get him off his game, which doesn't seem to happen a ton, that's a heck of a feat. And especially when you talk about, sometimes you play that good, hard half. And then all of a sudden they come out in the second half and have this monster second half. Mm-hmm. Well, they stayed at him. they kept, you know, he got a couple of buckets, which obviously he's going to do, but uh, they made everything tough, which is what you want to do. They stayed physical, and I got to give it to the officials. They're not giving him all that flopping and throwing mm. around and giving him yeah, foul balls, mm-hmm. um like they've done in the past. So uh, that was to the Pelicans' advantage, and that might be one of the most complete games versus Luka, versus the Mavericks, and just overall basketball this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because it just reminded me there were two or three times last night I was sitting next to our our guy, Will Guillory of the Athletic, and I, there there's two or three times um, with Luca, and then a couple other times I think with other Mavericks players where I looked, leaned over him and I was like, man, I'm glad the referees didn't bail him out on that play. Grant Williams had a mm-hmm. couple of those too where he kind of just kind of launched himself or just kind of leaned in a direction and said, I have no chance of making this shot, but I'm going to draw the foul. And the referees were like, no, nope, right. you're not going to draw the foul. Yeah. You're gonna to have to just run back on defense. So, um, you know, I was wondering too from from your career, um, who who His were illustrious career. Jim. Ex- sorry, I should have put there that you. in there. Okay, good, good, good. From, I mean, who were some of the? I feel like some of these might be obvious, but who who were some of the toughest guys that you had to defend from your era of you know two guards that you had? You went into the game and saying like, man, I have to really be on top of it tonight to be able to keep this guy yeah, in that was check. A physical era,
4: yeah. Uh, MJ, Kobe. Uh, Iverson that those would probably be the tough toughest three probably in the game. Um, Yeah. That might be ever in any era. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And those were, those were, those were games where you knew you weren't going to stop the guy individually. It's a, it's a Mm -hmm. collective effort. People being on a string, understanding, communicating, uh, making sure that we have all eyes on the, the main target and, and and I think that's what they did a good job of. They crowded him. They were physical. They bumped him. They um, they helped appropriately and just and and played with high hands, active hands. A lot of deflections that they won't get credit for, but a lot of deflections last night made it difficult for the Mavs as a team to move the basketball.
3: You mentioned the, you know the team defensive effort, and that's kind of re- what's required yeah. to have. Luca end up with, you know, the night that he had 16 points on 16 shots. Pedestrian. In the bunch of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a player, uh, you know, beyond the, the team defensive part, too, the Pelicans obviously in the last couple games have gotten two guys back that had been out with injuries between Herb Jones and Najee Marshall. Um, I guess starting with Herb, what are some of the things as a player that you look at and say and say are the most impressive parts about what he's able to do defensively or just what makes him a guy I think people are already saying, like, man, this guy might be headed for first-team all-defense yeah. this year?
4: Well, I, I think his his energy level, you know, a lot of players, and, and I'm talking all generations, if your offense isn't going or you're missing shots or, you know, you're playing, you're not playing well on that end of the floor, you lose energy playing on the defensive end whereas Herb is a defensive-minded player. He is coming in the game to play defense. So whether he's making shots or missing shots, he tends to play at that high level knowing that he's guarding the best or second-best player for the other team. He brings that energy each and every night, and I think that's what was so special about getting him back and Najee is those are your effort energy guys those are your guys that are going to defend and and going to play offense with the high basketball IQ, which means being in the right places, spacing properly, cutting when necessary. So um, I think that's where, where, where Herb, you know, really doesn't get enough credit because one, he, he defends like that every night, but also offensively like last night, he can give you what you need.
2: Well, you know, I think a lot of people, it was easy to catastrophize last night, Pelicans fans, because there's Willie Green having to sit out, um, still dealing with some injuries. Jordan Hawkins, you know, we, we love the hot streak mm-hmm. he's on, but he's still young. You don't know what you're going to get out get out of him night to night. What do you think, I mean, mm-hmm. that that maybe a lot of casual fans may not have seen that you saw out of this Pelican squad that went into a, a, a tough game against a tough opponent with a lot of adversity sort of facing the squad What did you see out of this Pelican squad that that may give Pelicans fans heart as the schedule doesn't get any easier going forward?
4: Well, I I think what everybody's been waiting to see is that Pelican team, that rowdy, flying around, deflections, up and down the floor, playing with pace. We've been looking for that team for this year, looking for a little offensive continuity, um, getting into the defense more consistently. What I think we saw last night was, okay, there's the glimpse. There's there's what we've been looking for. How can they sustain it uh, for more than a quarter, more than a half? Can they get a couple of games together? Because this is relatively the same team as last year that at one point you know rose to the top of the conference. So where is that team in hopefully seeing last night's game is a prelude to what's coming. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, that that reminded me for sure of them at their peak the last couple of years, whatever moments where, you know, yeah. last season, top of the West in December. The year before that, by the end of that playoff season when they played Phoenix, they were playing at a level that was really dangerous and, and tough.
2: Yeah, I mean, you play like that, you're not scared of anybody.
3: Yeah, for sure. Right, you yeah. Know, Joe mentioned um, Jordan Hawkins. You know, obviously, you came into the league playing that position as well. Um, totally different circumstances. You know, you carved out a long career, undrafted. Jordan Hawkins was a lottery pick, albeit the 14th pick. It wasn't like he was top three or top five. But, mm-hmm. I mean, based on what you've seen so far in the first, um, you know, 11 games of his career, what, what has stood out to you the most about him and what has impressed you as far as the impact that he's been able to make so so quickly? Well, just
4: his confidence, his aggressiveness. I mean, it's one thing to want to shoot those shots, but his confidence to make get, take and make those shots is, has been really nice because that's the one thing that you struggle with a little bit when you go from college to pro is mm. sometimes your confidence. You know, you just, you're not sure. You know, things are faster, quicker. Um, people are stronger, jump higher, uh, longer. Uh, you know, in college you may beat, your guy and shoot over a six, a guy protecting the rim, the six, five. Now you have a six ten and a seven footer, you know, trying to block shots. So, um, the fact that he can come in this league and, and absolutely play with such poise and confidence and, and really be a, a person and a player that you have to get minutes to because of just his ability to take advantage of the situation. Would he be there ordinarily this early in the season? Maybe not, but he got his opportunity, and man, I've loved to watch him the way he's taking advantage of it.
3: We've seen the stat that's been talked about, especially the last couple games, about how he has the most three pointers made in the first ten games of a career, and now eleven games yeah, keeps of a career. Adding on and on. Do you ever look back? Yeah. At, do you ever look at this era and say, "Man, I I wish when I came into the league, teams were." okay with guards taking, you know, t- 10, 12, threes a game?
4: I, I think about it all the time because <laughs> it would be a lot of fun to just be out there yeah. to let it ride. I mean, it doesn't seem like there is a bad shot in the NBA anymore. Mm. I mean, guys shoot 45-footers. They shoot guarded shots. They it just – so, and and I feel like I had a sense of a good shot. So I could see me having a good time out here shooting threes. And, and I probably, he's probably shot more threes than I did my whole first year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. already, Yeah. Yeah. How much has it changed as far as, you know, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago where a guy took a shot that was kind of iffy and the coach was like, all right, man, you're coming out of the game compared to what it is now.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's totally different. I mean, the, Shot selection mattered, um, you know, 15 years ago, whereas now it matters, but I, I you know, they're encouraging those shots. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the gray area is, or what the determination of yeah, so is that a good a shot or a bad shot. Yeah.
2: yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't know what the metrics are anymore. I have no idea what the analytics that they're ingesting now, where they're like, yeah, just take them, take them, take them, take them. But it definitely seems right. like uh, the trigger is is being pulled a lot more than it used to be back in your day.
4: Well, in in and you know, in my day, first four or five, they were allowed to to take questionable shots. Whereas now it seems like any and everybody that goes out on the court can do that. Yeah.
3: I don't remember a lot of logo shots from when I first started watching basketball where there was a guy that had a, a foot at, yeah, you know, couple like the all-star game or yeah, <laughs> Right? Thing. Yeah. yeah, Those so, were
2: buzzer beaters.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the things I was wondering about too for you is, you know, I mentioned the stat about Hawkins, you know, most threes made in a, it in a, to start a career. I mean, I was wondering – you know, if you played in this era, do you think maybe you'd be up there near the top of that list as far as threes to start a career.
4: I, you know what? I, I don't know because I didn't. I didn't come into the league with that kind of you know being undrafted and and really trying out and trying to to hang on, latch on. And of course, in my era, they weren't encouraging. Yeah, get up, get up some shots. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So I don't think I would even be anywhere close to that. Right. Right. Uh, but it'd be nice to see <laughs> I was yeah. about to say man you're
2: still looking young you you still look like you could cross <laughs> me and Jim up for sure along with uh, a bunch of you could still make your return man medical science is always making advancements I just want to see Wesley okay, back okay. out there on the court jacking up half court shots
3: well I tell you Joe I guarantee you there's been times uh, over the last couple of years when based on the number of injuries that there's been tons of people that have come up to David and before games and during That's games, feeling. and been like, dude, uh, yeah, you got, you, you, still got some something left in you, cause yeah, looking smart, so eligibility left,
4: absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I was
2: about to say once you start got putting a touch of gray in your beard, I think it's over. I've been there for a long time, uh, man. Always fun to talk basketball with you. Always fun to talk uh, some good pals news, especially. Uh, with you. Thanks Absolutely. for hopping on, Mr. David Wesley. Uh, check him out on every Valley's broadcast. Uh, check him out online. Always great insight. Thanks again, man.
4: All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day.
2: Great stuff there from David Wesley. What a ray of sunshine he is, sometimes in the darkness, but especially on uh, what is not outside a bright uh, shiny day, but feels in Pelican's world like a bright shiny day. Uh, great talk with with David Wesley. and Jim, i'm I'm looking up at the uh, calendar, and uh, you know, sometimes I forget what day of the
3: week it is, but oh my goodness.
2: It is Western Conference Wednesday.
3: Holy goodness. Yes, Joe. And I'm excited for this one because, you know, as we talked about in the first couple weeks of the season, my team to watch for Western Conference Wednesday, the first week was Oklahoma City; they went undefeated. The ah, next yes. week it was Minnesota. I think they went three and one, but they knocked off Boston and Denver, handing those teams their yeah, first been two playing losses. Good basketball. So I felt like my di- my p- performance was very disappointing, and I vowed to you. I said, you know, Joe, I haven't been great at picking teams that I want to see you know decline it's and been have some rough times. Yeah. So I, and I was starting to worry if I was like the reverse jink that if I p- <laughs> pick you, you're going to suddenly dominate the NBA. Yeah, but guess what? I did much better this past week, Joe. Yes. My third uh, Western Conference team to watch was the L.A. Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, right after they made the James Harden trade, they have lost every game since then.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. And during
3: the, the week in question, the seven-day period in question, they lost at Brooklyn by seven. Mm-hmm. They lost at Dallas in-season tournament game by 18. Ooh. They lost to the Grizzlies, who are struggling big time on their own, by four at home. And and then they lost at Denver in-season tournament game last Mm -hmm. night by three. So I think the game against the Grizzlies on Sunday (laughs) afternoon was really the one that made people around the league say, you know, we know things are having tough times with incorporating – Hardened, but come on, yeah. what the heck? You just lost to the Grizzlies, who have you know fifteen players out, and they're right. trying to I could put walk together hard for the Grizzlies right now. Right, yeah, and so just a, a rough week for the Clippers. I would like to think that I had some role in that. I'd like to as and, well. And and so that was my my team to watch last week. Now, can I make it to? Solid weeks in a row. Let's go. That's the question. Let's roll the dice. My, my fourth of the season team to watch in the Western Conference is the dreaded Houston Rockets, mm. who handed the Pelicans a frustrating, brutal loss in the first in-season tournament game. Game the Pelicans probably could have, should have won. Should have. Didn't get. Um, but the reason I pick Houston is, you know, at the time, I think, when the Pelicans lost to them, people were like, You lost to Houston? They're not that good. Like, come on. What are you doing? But the Rockets have actually won six games in a row, and they still will have that winning streak intact when they begin their schedule over the Mm. next few days. And so they have three games between now and the next time we convene for Western Conference Wednesday. And we shall convene. Yes, indeed. Friday they play at the Clippers. Kind of an ironic tie-in there. Yeah. Not intentional, but I like the way it, it kind of comes together. Get them Sunday. They're at the Lakers. Another game where you know it, we we'll probably be okay with if the yeah. Rockets win that one, but sure. That's a that's a different conversation. And then they finish out Monday at Golden State. So yeah. the Rockets are three-game West Coast trip at the two LA teams at Golden State on Monday. Pretty, pretty daunting, pretty difficult schedule. But I mean, the way the Rockets are playing, they—I'm sure—they're going into this saying, like, you know, we can win some of these games. We've won six in a row. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Um. So this will be a good test when we come back to see whether the Rockets are still red hot the way they have been, or whether they kind of got sidetracked a little bit with some of these road
2: games against juicy Western
0: Conference
3: Wednesday. Man, it is
2: such a win. This is a jam-packed Wednesday. Uh, because also uh, another thing.
3: Know Your Pelicans was a segment we did uh, during the uh, preseason. Um, Yeah, I should explain so people understand the concept a little bit. And I, we're going to be doing this sporadically throughout the season. I don't know if it's going to be weekly or every couple weeks. But we you feel know, like partying. This whenever, week. Big time, big time. Um, but basically what we did was we had our good friend Aaron Summers go through and a- ask – the players questions. We didn't get the entire roster, but we got the vast majority of them. them. And we asked them questions about their teammates. So these are all going to be kind of one question that we asked a group of players. I think in this case, it may have been about 10 or 12 guys that answered the question. The question for the first one of know your Pelicans is if you're in trouble, which teammate would you call first to help? Ah. So we sorted through the responses. We tallied up the answers and Basically, I put a poll on X this morning asking people if they could guess correctly, you know, which player on the team got the most responses or the most mentions in terms of this is the guy that I would call first if I was in a jam or if I was in trouble. A lot of dependable pelicans. I mean, I feel like that's a a hard decision to make. And we're going to post the article basically when the poll expires. I think I made it for about four hours today. When that four-hour span is over – I'm going to post the article on pelicans.com. I'm going to tweet it out and people are going to be able to see like, okay, did they get their, Did they get their, Were they correct in their guess? Did they, did they know? Did, did you know your Pelicans in terms of yeah. the guy that pe- people on the team would call first? And so that's kind of trying to summarize what we're de- dealing with with that. Yeah. Well, Joe and I also wanted to kind of, get involved and participate. Yes. You know they they still don't let you vote on your own polls on X. It's been a it's gone through a name change and you still Silly. can't vote. Silly. So, I mean, you could vote on on mine, but I can't vote on my yeah. own. So, I thought we needed to take the opportunity to give our own answers and responses. I agree. So, we're going to go through both of us are going to talk about which player that we would call first if we were in a jam.
2: Yeah, I, first of all, I wanted to write in vote you, uh, but apparently it has to be a player that plays yeah. on the team, not just uh, someone that's uh, within the organization. Well, thank you, Joe. You know, you're you're my rock. But I gotta say, if I had to call one guy, if I was in a jam, I know a popular response where we're like the dads, you know, like mm-hmm. the, uh, Larry Nance, uh, CJ McCollum. I want someone who's gonna get their hands dirty. Give me Najee Marshall. If I could make one phone call from anywhere, hey man, I'm in the muck. Give me Najee because I know he is willing to do whatever. That's a teammate. (laughs) He will put his teammates on his back. And uh, you know what? He's not going to make a polite phone call about it. Uh, That's the
3: kind of man I want. A juggernaut for me, Mr. Najee. And not to describe you as a combative or belligerent sort, Joe. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, if you do get into a little pickle. You know like yes. you said that he, Yeah. I get to a pickle every now and then. He'd be the he'd be the the person that would step in and and as we've mentioned before when there's been little altercations the and kerfuffles. little kerfuffles on the court He's the guy that's standing in the corner on the bench, rubbing his hands together and saying, like, I was born for this. I can't wait. Exactly. I can't wait to get into this. When I'm really
2: in it, you'll find me sometimes, you know, playing that game where you have your hand out and you're doing the knife in between the fingers, (laughs) and then you lose a bet. Uh, I want Najee Marshall helping me out in those situations. (laughs) Not that I get into it all the time, but every now and then. Uh, So, yeah, Najee's my guy, and I
3: feel like if if you're a rough-and-tumble sort, Najee's got to be your man. Definitely, and you know what, Joe – it's gonna be really difficult for me to follow that with my response to who I would call I know you're especially simple sort mine is much more tame than yours but I'm gonna go with Larry Nance jr and Popular there's Ant. there's actually several reasons for that one of them is I think he's he's a very friendly like personable down-to-earth guy so yeah. I feel like if my name popped up on the phone on the cell phone of, of a player that I I, I would give him a good chance of being like, oh, it's Jim. I'll answer this. Whereas, yeah. you know, some of the other guys might be like, and not maybe just an attack on me, but just in general, right. might be like, yeah. I'm not answering this yeah, guy's no, phone no. call. Work. Yeah. And if I texted and said, you know, I'm in trouble, they might be like, well, handle this on your own. Good
2: luck, fam. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but no, I think Larry is um he's just a he's a, a normal guy. Like when yeah, you talk to him. He just
2: seems like he'd be like, how can I help? Right? Oh my goodness.
3: And he doesn't seem He doesn't seem like, you know, a multimillion-dollar pro athlete. He seems like such a – just a, you know, like a down-to-earth person that would be willing to help you out. I also think he's really intelligent too. Yes, yes. And so I wanted to – He knows a lot about a lot. Right. I wanted to pick somebody who, regardless of the situation, you know, like if I – had a flat tire or if i was lost somewhere in louisiana and didn't right didn't know how to get out of it whatever the situation i feel See, like he's multi-dimensional you
2: imagine yourself in trouble like oh no i i took a bit of a wrong turn me my back's against the wall in an alley with a stick trying to fend people off i guess we just get into different stuff man it's that's just us uh, yeah
3: you know that's what makes it great but yeah he he uh but he he's my pick i think there's a few other players that i would have considered, um, CJ McCollum. I think, you know, I think one of the players mentioned that they picked CJ because he, um, Knows a lot of people, yeah. So basically, covering we didn't really specify with of which kind of trouble we were asking about, <laughs> right, but yeah. I think one of the players mentioned CJ because they felt like he has like a, a phone rolodex of all these different types of people. Like if you're in a money jam, he can right. talk to you know some CEO. If you, yeah, he can
2: cover a lot of broad situations.
3: Right. I feel like this is a Rorschach test of each person. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you were in
2: trouble, who would you call? The what type of trouble they think of tells you a lot <laughs> about each person for sure. And uh, I think the answers reflect that. A lot a lot of responsible people choose CJ McCullum and Larry mm. Nance. I think if I were in a panic, uh, Larry Nance would be able to talk me down. Hey, man, it's going to be right. fine. Yeah, and he's that, a reasonable fellow. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's got a smooth, uh, you know, dulcet tones, mm-hmm. just like you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you are my number one. I have one contact on my phone. I have wife. Uh, I have the hospital. Oh, three and gym. That's it. That's
3: it. Uh, That's all I need, really. And and by the way, speaking of um, phone and contacts information, I thought it was funny when I listened through all of the clips from the interviews that a few of the guys basically made their selection based on who would actually answer the phone. (laughs) I think a lot of them were that was like the entire answer for a few of them. They were like, Uh, I'm going to pick Darian Sebron because he would actually pick up. He'll he'll answer the phone.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: It shows a lot. It showed a lot of fun inter-team dynamics because we all know that guy. I love him, but I'm not answering the phone. Not after 10. (laughs) Uh, so that, that was fun. Uh, great stuff from Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. Always feet to the pavement doing the dirty work. He's our Najee Marshall here on the podcast. And a uh, big thanks to you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Get out there. Tell your friends and pals, hey, listen to it. Uh, get, a, you know, the grocery clerk. He's like, hey, nice weather outside. Listen to the Pelicans podcast. Just tell them. Uh, we got to get the word out there however we can. We will talk to you once again on Friday. And until then, go, Pel!
1: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
3: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap
2: music to your ears. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining,